Welcome to episode three of the official Stackshare podcast. My name's Jonas, and this month we sat down with Sid Dashi of Homejoy. Homejoy helps you easily book a cleaning professional to clean your house. They're now in over 30 cities across the globe and growing. We talked to them about building out their initial app and how they scaled it, their switch from Google App Engine to AWS, and how they're now building out a platform to expand beyond just home cleaning. As usual, the text for this interview is available on our blog if you want to check it out. And thanks a lot for tuning in. So thank you, Sid. Thanks for... Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, do you want to just start with a little bit of background on yourself? Sure. Yeah, so... Pre, Pre-Homejoy? Pre-Homejoy. So Pre-Homejoy, um, so I'm a mechanical engineering grad. I was uh, doing grad school in Georgia, uh, in Atlanta at Georgia Tech. And... Uh, while there, I was doing this urban transport, basically looking at urban transportation as a complex system. Um, and one of the big things that was coming up back then was uh, bike sharing. And so uh, we really wanted to look then? at, uh, this was like 2009-ish. Okay. Yeah, okay. nine ten. so I guess not that far back. But, uh, but yeah, so around 2010, uh, me and a couple of people from my, um, from my lab at uh, Georgia Tech, we, we decided... Well, bike sharing, the way it existed, was uh, a little bit complex to implement and a bit too expensive. So we thought we could do it better. Um, so we started this company called ViaCycle. And what ViaCycle did was um, we made bike sharing systems, not for uh, not, not to you know, sell to individuals, but more uh, to provide technical systems to bike share operators. So, okay. so we were doing hardware and software uh, kind of connected devices around bicycles, uh, so we had this this uh, mechanical unit that we, we designed that went on bicycles, and it was kind of this automated lock system that we could control from our, our servers. So so I, was, uh, I did that for about three years, I think. Uh, we started in um, late 2010, and um, yeah, went up to around... Uh, around mid 2013 so, okay. so that was kind of what I was doing before uh, before before homejoy uh, okay. it, it was uh, it was definitely a fun experience uh, we, yeah. we had some we had some paying customers we had some some bike systems running uh, in on specifically on mostly on university campuses and, and so on so so uh, yeah so you already had some experience with offline online right systems yeah um, yeah so you know definitely a, a cool experience didn't uh, we did YC with that in, in, in summer 12, um, okay. also a fun experience, um, but you know, ultimately it, it didn't turn out to be the market we, we hoped it would, uh, okay. so, uh, so yeah, like a lot of startups, we, uh, we decided uh, that, okay, this isn't really where, where we want to be. Uh, we shut it down in 2013, and uh, I actually sort of literally um, put everything I had in, a, in, in my car and drove out here from Atlanta. Wow, okay. Um, wow. And then I found Homejoy, so so that's uh, that's. Soon as you got it, you found Homejoy. Yeah, well, uh, definitely been a great experience uh, since I joined. So I've been at Homejoy for about uh, a year and a half now. Um, I am an engineering manager here. Um, I mostly work these days on uh, workflow optimizations, building uh, our tools that we use internally to manage Homejoy um, entirely. Um, but I worked on and pretty much all parts of the stack on the back end, on DevOps, uh, a bunch of different places at different times. Okay. Okay. Wow. So 
a little bit, maybe we can get a little bit into the, um, the background for Homejoy itself. Sure. So a lot of people have called you Uber for home cleaning. Sure. Uh, Amazon for home services because now you're doing things beyond just home cleaning. Um, can you talk a little bit about Homejoy and, and the vision here? Uh, sure, yeah. So Homejoy, uh, what we want to be is the get help button for the home. Uh, essentially, mm. you need something done in your house. We want to make something where you can just go to Homejoy and say, I want this, and then we can just arrange everything online, right? Uh, it's really, really hard to get help for a lot of things these days. So, you know, you go to Craigslist or uh, essentially it's, it's, it's a lot of unorganized stuff. And, and what we want to build is this platform where... Um, and, and this brand that you can trust and, and you, know, you can come in and say okay I'm, I'm gonna get some, someone from Homejoy when I need something done at my house right right gotcha okay so, so definitely uh, I think Uber for cleaning is <laughs> is is a good way to sort of uh, or, or it, it was definitely a good way to describe Homejoy at the beginning it right. kind of just just got sort of this uh, way to immediately understand what what Homejoy did but um, uh, I think the vision is definitely a lot larger than that. Right, right. So it sounds like you guys started with just the home cleaning services, and then you actually have expanded beyond that because you know once you have that infrastructure set up, right. you can start offering other services. And yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the other services you guys offer now? Uh, so uh, specifically in San Francisco, we do uh, handyman services, carpet cleaning. Um, we we tried laundry for a while. Um, we decided uh, we're going to come back to it in a bit. Um, okay. So, so there's, there's, uh, we've been playing around with a few services, but right now we offer uh, handyman and carpet cleaning. Okay. And what cities are you in currently? We are in, I think we're in about 30 markets uh, across the U.S. and uh -huh. uh, London, Berlin, Munich, Hamburg. Okay. So you have gone international. Yes. Very cool. And can you talk a little bit about the scale you know, some of the just general metrics you guys have that you've already shared or didn't um, share? Sure, yeah. So um, definitely we're doing, um, well, yeah, so <laughs> we're, we're in all these cities. Uh, we are... Um, Somebody, it doesn't have to be numbers that you guys haven't sure. shared. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think of uh, things that, that, that I can't share. But... Uh, okay. Well, you have a lot of cleaning professionals and people that are on the yeah. supply side, right? Yep. So, so we're going at about, um, I, I'd say we're close to around uh, uh, 1,500 cleaning professionals maybe on the platform. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Awesome. So I guess we can start off just by talking about maybe the first version. What, what did that sure. look like, right? There's probably a yeah. lot of different moving pieces here. Yeah. What was the, you know, just get something working version? Yeah. Um, so I, I would say, so I'll, I'll go back to, um, go back to kind of the first version that I know of. And then obviously, okay. so when I came in, um, we, we were sort of on, on version two, but I, I know of the first version, which is, I would say more of a proof of concept. So yeah. the, the really first version was mostly just, uh, Adora and Aaron figuring out, um, or, or building something very, very simple, which would let people say, I want a cleaning at this point, this place for, for this many bedrooms and this many bathrooms and, right. and whatnot. And then um, we had the, the, 
the service professional roster was so so small that essentially it was just okay let's find out who can go right, right, right. so it's all very manual yeah. uh, so that that I, I would call that more of a proof of concept than an MVP but but that was uh, kind of the, the so was it a mobile app or was it just and like a web interface no it was a web interface okay um, though the the interesting thing um, about that was uh, we had this uh, web interface that was it is essentially mobile-sized, iframed mm-hmm. um, into a, a full-size web page. So, so uh, it was kind of our mobile site and our main website at the gotcha, same time. Gotcha. Um, okay, that makes sense. It is uh, kind of an interesting spin on uh, mobile-first <laughs> developing mm-hmm. development, but uh, you know, uh, whatever works. Uh, so, so that was kind of the the really early version. Uh, we we built a lot of the backend out after that, uh, but but well, we used that for a while. Where um, essentially you would go to the website and it would be this mobile version that, uh, or this mobile web page that that was uh, inside a full web page. Right. What were you using initially? Um, so we've uh, from the very start to up until maybe um, I'd say eight nine months ago, we were on Google App Engine. Uh, so Google really? App Engine is kind of this, uh, for, for anyone who's not familiar, is, is this platform as a service offering from Google that's similar to Heroku, if, if uh, you're familiar with that. But uh, yeah, so we were on Python uh, on Google App Engine. Okay. Uh, that meant we used their, um, their SDK for the ORM part of things. Okay. Um, and then on the front end, we were mostly on uh, just uh, basic JavaScript and, and HTML. Okay. Very cool. Um, so that was the that was the MVP, and people sure. were just yep. it was just a way for people to get the jobs they needed, right? Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't any idea of consumers coming to a, coming to the platform, was there? Or was it just the app for you guys internally to route people? Uh, no, no, this was uh, consumer facing. Okay, so it it's, was consumer it's, this is how you come to uh, HomeJoy and book a job. Uh, gotcha. This, okay, okay. This so mobile that... web page that we used also as our main main. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> okay. All right. So that but, that was the MVP. Yeah. This is well. Yeah. I, I would almost call it sort of a proof of concept and uh, or or an MVP. But that's kind of what we started with. Um, okay. Yeah. And then um, yeah, we we went from there to kind of having a, a more I guess regular website. Right. Right. So early on, what were some of the biggest challenges? Some of the biggest challenges uh, back then would have just been uh, scaling constantly. Uh, we were growing very, very fast, and it was always, um, and especially when you start building, uh, you, you start with an MVP, right? Uh, you're always building for uh, almost exactly what you need or just, just more than what you need, which means as you add more people in the system, things start breaking uh, yeah. pretty quickly. So we were sort of, all, uh, especially in the early days, we were always, uh, always, racing against this, okay, we're, we're growing fast, uh, this used to work at a lower scale, this is not working anymore, so let's let's keep fixing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you're not necessarily over-engineering things, um, just so we can keep moving faster. Um, so a specific example of that would be our scheduling algorithms. Um, very early on, it used to be literally just this um, 
we would go through the entire list of, of professionals we had and figure out who was available at a particular time because right. the list wasn't that big, right? So why right. not? Uh, simple to, to uh, you know, set up code and, and just kind of get it out there. And then, of course, as beyond you go beyond a certain number and then that becomes uh, not a very viable way to do things. Right. Um, and, and so we moved to more advanced scheduling algorithms and then those broke and then went to, uh, you know, uh, better stuff there so uh, that I think has always been sort of our major challenge uh, especially in the early days that was uh, a big challenge uh, with limited engineers available yeah so early on what did the team look like how many engineers uh, yeah there? so I can talk about uh, just around when I joined we had about six engineers uh, okay and we had uh, Mark who's the VP of engineering now mm -hmm. um, and then uh, one one front-end person uh -huh. and then basically five full-stack developers. Okay, okay. So let's talk about the current architecture. Yeah. So, so now you have web and mobile. We do have web and mobile. Uh, we also have some apps. Um, so definitely very, very different from, from those days. Um, yeah. we, so, so we're not on App Engine anymore. We migrated about, uh, I guess, eight, eight, ten months ago. Um, were you so were you part of that decision there? Uh, yes. So okay. we'll, we can talk about that. It was a pretty interesting shift for us. But uh, just to kind of cover the stack right now, okay. uh, we're on AWS, um, still a Python application. Um, a lot of uh, we're sort of in the middle of transitioning. Or ever since we moved off uh, App Engine, we've been um, in this sort of two app system where we have the old app that we migrated as is. Uh, with a with sort of this translation layer in between, um, and then we have the new app that we're uh, porting things over to as we move move on. Um, so the old app we still use uh, more or less the same code that uh, we used on App Engine. Um, that means for the object relational part of it, we use the App Engine SDK. Uh, we use this uh, uh, this application, uh, this Python framework called Web App Two. Which is this really lightweight Flask type application that okay. uh, that people used on App Engine, um, and uh, and on the back end, then we, uh, on the database side we have Postgres, uh, and this all works because we have this uh, translation layer in between or a shim, uh, which essentially takes all the App Engine stuff and then converts it for Postgres instead of going to the App Engine data store. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and so, the, so that's our uh, that's our current application uh, on the front end side. Uh, still fairly uh, similar. Um, you know, we've we built up some some more stuff in terms of uh, an asset pipeline and uh, managing CSS. Or uh, we use uh, Stylus as a preprocessor and all that. But uh, uh, but we we aren't using uh, Angular or Backbone or any those sort of front end frameworks. We're still mostly on uh, um, you know plain jQuery and uh, and JavaScript and uh, HTML, CSS. Okay. And and so you said two apps right now? Right. So that that's kind of our major app that we brought on, uh, brought over from App Engine. Uh, and then okay. the new one we're developing, um, essentially getting rid of the translation layer. Right. So that's going to be, uh, or that is um, uh, fairly bare bones right now, but, but the way we would have, uh, we're designing it is, uh, is it's going to use Flask, um, and then kind of our own in-house in uh, object relational mapper. Uh, so not so much, uh, basically uh, 
very simple kind of gives us direct access to uh, Postgres and uh, lets us um, lets us do complicated queries, but then also um, abstracts away some of the uh, some of the complexity. Um, so it's yeah, that's kind of it, it's it's a it's a much simpler way uh, of uh, doing stuff, but you know, not so heavy on the framework side, heavier on um, just letting you do what you need and getting out of the way. Right, right. Okay, so do you want to talk about, I guess, the different pieces in terms of how they, how they fit into the experience, right? So you, um, have, sure. you have the main, the main app is serving up both the web app and, yep. and um, the So we have the, the, we have a web app and we have the mobile web experience, right? So this whole infrastructure that we just talked about, that serves up both of those. Uh, and then it also serves up the APIs for the native uh, mobile app. Um, so we have one on the iOS App Store right now. Uh, we don't have one for the Android Play Store, but that's okay. uh, that's in development. Um, and then uh, we have on the on the on the professional side, on the cleaning professional side, we have an Android app that's very fully featured, uh, and that's essentially now the main way that they communicate with us. Uh, so that also um, kind of goes ties into the the APIs that are served up by the the web backend we talked about. Hmm, that's interesting. Why did you guys choose to have uh, a native Android app for the cleaning professionals and not on the consumer side? Yeah, so we just uh, we just found uh, what our user base was, and on both sides, what kind of the, the main way people accessed our mobile websites, uh, and and we sort of tackled those first, uh, and then basically left the other platform as the second one, and and we are um, sort of starting to build both of those as well. Okay. Uh, so Android on the on the on the on the client side, and then um, iOS on the on the cleaning professional side. So those are both in the pipeline. But uh, we we wanted to get what would uh, cover the most yeah. number of users first, yeah. right? Right. Um, so most and, of the consumers were iOS. Most right, and and were. and for professionals, um, the big difference was we uh, we actually did this um, um, we we did this program where we rolled out phones from HomeJoy to oh. all of the professionals so we could mm-hmm. focus on one platform. Uh, and so that was also obviously, uh-huh. that was an Android phone, so it made sense for us to do the, the Android app first uh, just as that's what everyone was going to use. Right, right. Because I imagine it was a cost thing, right? It's easier to hand out Android devices. Right. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's obviously much easier to... Uh, and, and there's a lot more uh, choice there as well. And also mm-hmm. um, just... I guess as a platform, uh, there was more we could do with Android um, than with iOS. Okay, okay. So then you have one native mobile app, right? Mm -hmm. And you're still developing Android, but you do have Android for professionals, and you're developing iOS for professionals. Um, Okay, so does that cover most of the experience? People can book through the website, right? Yes. Okay. So So you can book through the website. You can book through, there's a very full-featured mobile web experience. Okay, um, and then there's the apps. Okay, where do you guys find most of your users coming? iOS? Um, no, that's uh, we actually. I think most of our users still use web. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mobile okay. is coming up very quickly though, so that is a major focus for us going forward. Um, right. But, but that kind of makes sense. That is right? a big driver for us. Yeah, because it's for your home, so you don't necessarily need right. to be opening your phone. Okay, that makes sense. Do you want to talk a little bit about your switch from Google App Engine? Yeah, to yeah. Uh, that was uh, that was one of the more interesting things I think we've done here. Um, 
So we were on App Engine mainly for historical reasons. And, and yes, I, I think it allowed us to scale very, very quickly. Um, so no knock against App Engine. We loved it when we were using it. Uh, okay. We sort of got towards... Um, so App Engine used to work with uh, the Google Data Store when we... Um, or the Google Cloud Data Store, which essentially is uh, an implementation of Bigtable, uh, which is their right. NoSQL database. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think now they have an option of using um, a SQL database backend as well, but back then it used to be only uh, NoSQL. So, so we were on NoSQL. Um, our data was very, very relational though. Uh, so, so we had right. all these. Uh, with NoSQL, what you, or, or with Bigtable at least, what you didn't get was uh, consistency. You got eventual consistency, uh, with uh, so so you know um, a lot of things when you needed um, so you would you would put something in the data store and then it would be a little bit before you, uh, you it would be a few seconds before you knew that you could definitely get back the the data you just put in uh, you might get an older record before that so mm. so that causes problems with certain things uh, for for a lot of things it's fine um, right so. We started running into more issues along those lines, especially around payments and around uh, scheduling, where we might double schedule someone, or especially uh, around peak times when a lot of bookings are happening. Um, okay. And just in just the, the type of company we are, our data was very, very relational, so it, it kind of didn't necessarily make sense to, to use NoSQL, um, or the additional flexibility we got there wasn't necessarily um, very useful to us, um, but they do have a SQL store, right? They do now. So, so we, oh, so, so we could have moved from App Engine uh, no SQL to SQL, but that would have been almost the same amount of work um, right. for. Um, okay. So, so uh, we that was kind of holding us back. Uh, I think it slowed down a lot of our uh, systems as well. So you would go to the website and we would be querying the data store for availability for off cleaners, right? And it would load for a couple of seconds and then show you what times are available a couple of seconds is a lot right um, yeah and that was that was after you would do hacks to optimize it and so on so uh, mm. we we kind of saw the writing on the walls and yes we need to move to to a sql relational database um it just made sense from a lot of different uh, standpoints um and so then the question was how do we do it uh do we kind of start moving parts of the system over to a completely new system or um, and, and uh, or, or you know do we just sort of find a way to move the system we have and then mm -hmm. um, and so it turned out that the second one was uh, was, a, was a good alternative um, and the way we did that was uh, as I was describing earlier we kind of wrote this uh, layer that goes in between um, so we took the App Engine SDK, which is uh, the SDK itself is open source. Um, so we had this Python library, and uh, there was code written. Uh, we we kind of changed where the data went from the data store to to, to a Postgres instance. Uh, so right now, the way the application works is it thinks it's an App Engine application. Mm -hmm. uh, we use the same libraries in in most parts uh, still, or at least on the old code, um, and then it. it sends this data to um, Postgres instead, or just fetches it to Postgres, Postgres instead, yeah. Okay, and that's quicker, I would imagine. Yes, uh, well, be. a lot quicker, plus we can do a lot. Uh, we're, we're more flexible with what we can do. We can do joins across tables. Uh, so, mm -hmm. 
So when we um, we bypass the the app engine SDK, we can do things that we couldn't do before. Right. Okay. So when you were going from Google App Engine to AWS, you could have gone with another platform as a service, right? Why did you guys decide to just go? Uh, I think we were at the scale where uh, where we're owning our own owning our stack made sense. Uh, okay. So it wasn't just the data storage. Right. Uh, I mean, that was the driving factor. Obviously, this was a lot of work, and and the project went went on over months. Uh, not for the entire team, but but a lot of people worked uh, worked on it, and mainly one person worked on it for for a long period of time. Really, you? Is, uh, no, not me. Okay. We, we we had an uh, we have an awesome uh, DevOps engineer who 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 built most of the tra- transition okay. layer, the translation layer, um, but. Yeah, so so it, it, it was a big project, right? And and kind of a risky move too. I remember when we moved moved it over to the the new architecture after uh, sort of uh, testing it and retesting it for for a while. We were all here at night. There were the ten of us here at night and just waiting for, like, hope you know, making sure everything went well. And uh, it ended up being really smooth, actually. Um, so so we ended up just kind of spending. Uh, hanging around, not not just uh, you know uh, waiting and not doing a lot, but um, but yeah, it, it 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 was a scary move. So yeah, uh, and and a big move. I mean, the the site could go down. We could have lost data or and and so on. So yeah, um, uh, so so yeah, there there were um, there were uh, reasons, uh, and the the data store was the driving reason. But but it sounds like you were since you were gonna go and do a lot of rewriting, then it made sense to also just move. Right. I mean, if we were going to make changes, anyways, then uh, then it it uh, it made sense for us to just own our stack uh, yeah. at that point. Uh, so, because ultimately, I mean, platform as a service, uh, like pass offerings are are great. Uh, they help you scale really quickly, mm-hmm. but uh, there are limitations just because the the platform is owned by uh, the pass company and and they they decide what's available on it and what's not. Right. There's there's some flexibility, but it's limited. Um, and once you're on your own stack, then you can add and remove tools from uh, from your stack as as you want. So, uh, so yeah, that that is kind of the reason behind us going to AWS. Gotcha. Okay. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the different pieces moving around here? So we've got the main app in Python. Yeah. Right? Did you mention Django? No, no Django. No Django. Okay. Yeah. So no no real just, frameworks. There. Yeah, just just Flask um on the new Flask, new right. application, uh web app two on the old application. Oh, app two. Okay. Um, and, and then mostly um yeah, and then we got Object C on the um on the app, uh, iOS app and then of course uh, Android and Java on the on the Android app. Okay. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the utilities and things you might be using inside the app? So you're sending out a bunch of emails. Sure. Yeah. Text messages. So for uh, yeah, we use a bunch of uh, external services. Uh, for email, we use SendGrid. Okay. Um, and I mean they've been very great. Um, and we recently, uh, or relatively recently, started using uh, SendWithUs, which uh, manages our. That's where that's where we manage our email templates now. So um, the email still gets sent via SendGrid, but SendWithUs is more of a uh, email template management uh, solution. So so instead it's of triggered adding, email, right? Right. So we trigger emails from our application, um, and then we tell SendWithUs send this template to this person, and then they send it via SendGrid. 
So right. it's, it's essentially for some for some of our emails, especially the the fancier HTML ones. It's a step in between uh, us and SendGrid. Okay. Okay. Um, gotcha. It it mainly I mean the 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 utility it provides is uh, it gives us this easy way to manage uh, multiple templates and, and fancy templates that mm-hmm. engineering necessarily does not have to uh, have to own. Uh, so we can have design or um, marketing handle of the email template part of it, right? Gotcha. Yeah, actually, I thought they did mostly A-B testing for the transaction. So we do that too, and it makes it easier, but it also just um, okay. it, it allowed us to uh, iterate more rapidly on the okay. email side as well. Gotcha. Right. Um, so you're so doing so that's on the email campaigns. side. Um, sorry. No, I was just saying you're doing drip campaigns. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For consumers that have had a job. Sure, drip campaigns is one part of it, but even just transactional email or, or any okay. uh, any email transactions, uh, really just any email going going out. Um, okay. If it's going to a customer or uh, if it's uh, more than just a, a text email, uh, which we also send a lot of, but more sort of internally and admins, okay. um, those we we send through send uh, send with us, which where we manage the templates and then then it goes through uh, SendGrid. Okay. Um, for other services, we use Twilio fairly heavily uh, for all our text messaging. In um, your text messaging, the consumers when we the are text messaging, yeah, uh, when the jobs start, um, uh, yeah, be, uh, basically reminders uh, when the jobs end to get feedback uh, okay. and so on. Uh, we are also uh, we are also using them. Uh, we have this system that allows us to connect uh, our uh, cleaning professionals with their customers uh, when the job is upcoming and allow them to, to communicate directly without uh, exposing the phone numbers so that goes via Twilio right. as well um, and and they can call as well and that, that's routed through Twilio but yeah I was going to say calls right. too right, right. okay uh, so, th- so that's all Twilio um, we use uh, uh, got a bunch of analytics I'm sure yeah we got uh, we got mixed panel for analytics we also uh Use BigQuery or are starting to use uh, BigQuery a lot for mm-hmm. event uh, event analytics. Uh, so just kind of streaming event data into BigQuery uh, besides other data that we pull in there. So, so that's sort of our uh, data pipeline, um, and we use uh, Tableau um, to visualize a lot of that data from BigQuery. Okay. Uh, so that's our um, data and analytics uh, on the. On, on the front end side, we still mostly use uh, Mixpanel a lot, and then uh, Google Analytics. Okay, and then that's mobile too. That's mobile too. Yeah, that's that's mobile too. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, database Postgres, right? Yeah. Okay. So Postgres, um, fairly uh, straightforward setup. Uh, I think in terms of data, we're not. I mean, our, our requirements aren't ridiculously large mm-hmm. or. Um, fairly standard data requirements. Uh, I, I think it, <laughs> it it would fall under. Uh, so um, yeah, we don't do anything crazy there. I think uh, okay. Postgres works really well for us, though. All right. Um, maybe maybe we can get a little bit into workflow, engineering workflow. Sure. Right. You guys are using GitHub. We use so. GitHub uh, very heavily, uh, obviously for <laughs> for source source code management, but then also uh, for pull requests and code reviews mm-hmm. as well. Um, you use anything else for code reviews, like automated code reviews? 
Uh, no, mostly just GitHub. Well, we do. Uh, we we will do linting automatically on on uh, all pull requests. Um, and so, so we have a Jenkins setup that we use for testing and uh, okay. and just sort of uh, um, code linting and, and so on. Um, yeah. Okay. Good. So, uh, Jenkins for mobile and web stuff. Uh, Jenkins uh, mostly just for the backend. Backend. Okay. Right. 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 So everything goes to. Jenkins every time you deploy. Right. So every time we deploy, we, we um, launch a process on Jenkins that runs all our unit tests and uh, and then also runs a linter on, on all the code. Okay. Cool. Um, let's see. What else did we not cover here? Um, anything else you can think of that is um, some, just stuff you want to touch on inside the main app? or? Uh, sure. So uh, We'll get to sort of what's coming down the pipeline, but in terms of the actual tech stack there. Um, yeah, so I, I think we covered most of it. Um, certain uh, cool things that we're doing in the stack, um, mm -hmm. obviously scheduling, I think, is a major part for us where um, figuring out what the best person to, uh, who's the best person to, to put on a, uh, on a certain job out of who's available, uh, but then also... Um, right, so, sorry to interrupt, but... yeah. In terms of matching people, are you taking into account like metadata in terms of how fast people work and uh, where they are and that type of thing? Not so much how fast people work because that's sort of a subjective. Um, uh, <laughs> that's that's really hard to uh, quant quantify. I think, mm -hmm. uh, but but we do take into account things of things like where they are, uh, so how far they would be uh, potentially. Uh, we also take into account things like. Uh, uh, do they have a car or not? So depending on the city right, and, okay. and where right. you are, uh, whether certain people can work with uh, dogs or cats or have allergies, mm -hmm. so, so we'll take that into account. Um, and yeah, so, so that type of right. stuff. So there's, there's a bunch of information that yeah. you collect from... Yeah, and then there's also a lot of... Uh, uh, one of the big things that we take into account is whether someone uh, was requested specifically for a job or not. So so when you, mm. uh, for example, if you have had home joy cleanings, uh, I'm not sure if you have. Not but, yet, not <laughs> yet. I think we need it, though. <laughs> yeah, so, well, when, when you do, do get one, uh, I think... You know, you, you get the first one if if you like your cleaning professional and they did a really good job, then you generally want them again, um, right? So you would request the same person again. And, and we do allow you to go to the website and say, if you like this person, you can specifically book an appointment with that person, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if that's true, then obviously that means that um, they are the one who are going to be assigned. So uh, that means we can't then play around with that schedule a lot. That's just going yeah. to be there. Uh, but... Uh, so, so what we do try to do is uh, increase the utilization and try to uh, match or, or even move around some schedules as far as, well. um, not in terms of moving the appointment, but, but moving certain um, professionals around just, yeah. just to get the, the most number of jobs fit into a particular schedule so they can, they're maximizing um, the time that, that they're working and, and you know, not spending time in between jobs, not doing anything. Right. No, that's interesting because I know some of the other services like Uber, you can't actually 
request a specific person. Right. And it sounds like you guys just made a decision to say... Right. I mean, I mean, for us, obviously, to... that makes a huge difference because you're letting someone into your house, right? So yeah. once you've built up trust or, mm-hmm. or, or with, with a particular person, they know how you like certain things. You don't want to mm-hmm. keep giving the same instructions over and over again. So that's where I think uh, the big difference between us and Uber, Uber, you're, it's a five-minute or maybe a 15-minute transaction generally, Right. Uh, you're, someone comes and picks you up, they drop you off, that's it. You're generally never going to see that person again. Right. Um, we are sort of, when, when you book, book a cleaning, that's, that's generally, uh, you know, at least two and a half hours. Uh, that's kind of the, that's the minimum you can uh, book for, but, but sometimes oh, okay. much longer, right? It's, it's maybe five, six hours sometimes. So uh, yeah. when, when it's a longer transaction like that, you obviously um, want someone that, that you feel comfortable with, uh, and you're letting them into your house. So uh, there's obviously this. Uh, if you if you can't trust someone, then then it's it's a lot harder to let someone into your house, right? So yeah, and um, this is someone that you want you you generally want them to come right, back, right? You right. want this to be a repeat right, thing, right? It's usually not like come clean my house like once, right? It's it's uh, we of of course from our perspective we want customers to. To, to be ongoing customers, right? But but from a customer's perspective too, this is generally once you're once you have someone that you like, you, you generally want them to to come over and over again, right? The same person. Yeah. Cool. Uh, current challenges. Do you want to talk about just some of the engineering challenges you guys are facing and um, how you plan on addressing some of them? Uh, sure. Yeah. So. Or what's uh, like top of mind for you? <laughs> Maybe uh, not today, but in general. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, top of the mind, uh, generally, I think some of the hardest things uh, that, that we do are, um, or at least, um, I, I guess might be more top of mind for me because uh, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I deal with fine. it on a regular basis, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff with workflow where um, we, we obviously on the business side, we change how we operate um, as we learn more about uh, what's needed, right? So, yeah. Uh, we change policies. We change how um, uh, how we do certain things um, in terms of what works better to to onboard cleaners faster. What what works better to uh, communicate them with an ongoing basis, right? Um, what works better to uh, or or how do we deal with uh, customers who get cancelled on at the last minute? Or uh, I mean, these are all things that that happen um, uh, in a business, right? So. Uh, so so we try different things. We, we change that on, on a regular basis. Um, on the technical side, we need to sort of keep up with that. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's we, we want to build not just, okay, here are the tools. Um, make all the changes you want uh, to this appointment or this, to this customer profile. We, we, we try to be a little bit smarter than that and say, uh, okay, these are the most common use cases. Um, how do we make our um, our agents or people who uh, are doing these things inside the office um, are, are managing these processes? How do we make their jobs faster and easier, right? Because ultimately, uh, we are sort of, we're providing this layer that enables a customer and a professional to, to work together. Yeah. Uh, and, and we want to try to automate that as much as possible try right. to make it as efficient as possible the, mm-hmm. the more time we take on it and, and the more uh, manual that process is uh, we're, we're spending unnecessary resources on something that um, that that 
and, and, and time that, that you know we don't really need to uh, need to so so that's kind of an ongoing thing um, yeah I guess I guess that's uh, that's top of mind for you right. so then there's the obvious challenges with how you guys are expanding beyond just cleaning right because it's basically like you're building not the entire system from scratch but right. a lot of the things you're going to have to redo right like right. the process for um, getting a handyman like sure. it's, it's, into it's a house fairly different from is different yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so how are you guys thinking about that and do you have like separate teams for specific types of jobs or yeah so uh so inside inside the company, we, we do have a separate team that's focused on uh, non cleaning um, services that we do right now. Okay. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the how things will always be, but uh, this allows us to focus more on these. Uh, these are still ideas that are uh, forming, right? So okay. uh, in these like your R and D, right? So so it's kind of this uh, this team that can move faster. Mm -hmm. uh, make changes as, as we see fit. Um, on the engine, what does that team look like? So it's, it's kind of cross-functional uh, across, uh, you know, engineering operations, uh, customer support, and so on. Um, and so, so we make the changes that we need to very quickly, and then as, as those uh, processes mature, we move them into, into the main teams. Um, okay, so and you're doing that on a market, on a market basis, yeah. or is that all markets get? Uh, it depends. It depends for different things. Uh, okay. There are slightly different strategies, um, okay. but yeah. So, for from an engineering perspective, uh, coming back to technical uh, stuff, yes, that does uh, mean that uh, yes, uh, it, it's it's kind of it goes back to uh, the the uh, build quickly stage where we we try out a lot of different things, mm -hmm. uh, and so that does mean from a from a, a technical debt perspective or from a code cleanliness perspective uh, we're, we're sort of saying okay let's let's do a lot of these things and, and not worry necessarily about the long term uh, but try them and then we'll come back and and you know do it uh, do it better right, and, and right. keep improving it as we need rather than saying okay let's sit down and uh, and then plan this whole thing out and uh, you know build, build all these uh, put all these resources into things that we don't necessarily know work okay gotcha and uh, in terms of what's next, is it more just building out some of these new services, or is it again just focusing more on automating as much as possible? It's a lot on the services, a lot on the automation side, a okay. lot on the mobile as well. Uh, so definitely. Oh uh, right, Android is coming. Android is coming. iOS also a lot of improvements there uh, right. coming soon. Uh, also on the on the on the professional side, we have. Uh, iOS needs to happen soon, um, and then um, of course we're always adding more features and, and making it easier for us to communicate there uh, on the Android side as well. Do you foresee any bigger um, technical changes? Big like technical. any, yeah, like any any new additions in terms of um, you know frameworks, any new languages you're look, playing around with for specific apps or anything from a technical perspective sure. that um, you can introduce. I, I don't think uh, we see any huge changes coming down the pipeline. I think we always we're always adding new tools though or yeah, new yeah. services. Uh, so but you're gonna remain uh, Python and yeah. But uh, at least for the for the foreseeable future, I think Anytime. we're going to uh, remain Python. Oh, one sec. <laughs> Maybe about ten fifteen minutes. Oh, whoops! We got the room.
Um, okay, yeah, we're excluded. coming up on time yeah. anyway. <laughs> Cyrus, do you have any questions? Anything you want to ask? What are you guys most excited about? What tools are you most excited about? What tools am I most excited about? Uh, do you mean external sort of tools or, or just things you're building internally? Uh, sure. Uh, so we, oh, yeah, open source. Do you guys have any open source things? Uh, we do not have any open source things just okay. yet, but I think there are a few things that might be good candidates for it that that we may uh, that we may at some point. I, I think most of our uh, most of the stuff. I mean, we're still a fairly young company in that sense, mm -hmm. so most of the things we use that uh, that I can see being interesting. Uh, from an open source perspective, are still fairly young and uh, uh, not mature, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that doesn't mean that we um, in the future there might be good opportunities for those things. So definitely some things and and uh, that I can think of there. But, uh, I guess but we'll yeah, talk no. About back this. to back to what you were saying. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, so uh, tools that we're building, uh, I think there's some uh, very exciting stuff that we're doing uh, from a data analysis perspective. Um, so I was talking about the data pipeline earlier. Uh, we're building a lot of stuff uh, around uh, bringing in data from different sources and, uh, and and kind of exposing the data to the right people at the right uh, in the right way. Uh, just giving us sort of immediate insight into things on an ongoing internally. basis internally. Yes. Oh right. Okay. Uh, more than uh, so since we're talking about internal or external tools. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's uh, definitely uh, we're very excited about the the data pipeline and kind of maturing it uh, to a point where we can get ongoing insight into things. Right now, what happens for a lot of uh, the deeper insight stuff is um, someone makes a request to the data science team. They um, they, they run the analysis once and then we get the results and, and then we have that, right? Um, with the new pipeline, this will allow us to do it once, keep it there, and then look at it on an ongoing way, easy in an easy way. Um, in terms of external tools, um, I don't know, there's a, there's a bunch, of, uh, <laughs> bunch of tools that we're using right now, but uh, I think uh, the focus there for me uh, is uh, good integration into a lot of external tools. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff that we're doing on the customer support side where uh, we're integrating with, uh, with, with phone systems, with, uh, with text, like we talked about with Twilio. Um, and we're also looking at, um, um, also looking at um, on, the, uh, on the supply chain side, on the, um, yeah, on the email side, there's there's just a bunch of uh, different things we're doing there. With with, so we use Zendesk for example, and we're looking at deeper integration there. Um, okay. On the text side, we actually use uh, this app called Front uh, for customer support as well, uh, which we're looking into with uh, for deeper integration as well, uh, which has uh, worked fairly well for us so far. Um, okay. Yeah, I guess that's. And you guys are hiring. We are hiring. Yes, we're we're hiring uh, for a lot of different positions. So okay, um, mostly engineering though, right? Engineering, well, across the company, but for engineering okay. also, we're looking at mobile, Android, iOS, um, full stack, uh, back end, front end, all of it. So cool, awesome. Uh, no more questions, users. All right. Well, thanks a lot for taking the time. Thank you. This yeah. is awesome.